Hi, I'm Pastor Nick with Grace Baptist Church. Thank you for joining us in our online service. If you're interested, we also offer in-person service every Sunday morning at 1030. We have Wednesday night activities for youth, kids, and college age every Wednesday at 6 o'clock. And there's food there. So, now, let's see what the pastor has to say. Yeah. Where are you going with this, Bob? Trust me on this one. The message of God's love for us is found in these verses. Verse 10 and beginning. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that shall be for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. Everything that you've heard up to this point, all the information that's gone on, everything that we've done, has been about that hope. Good news of great joy. I hope you understand that. Yes, I hope you understand that as we seek to share again what is dear to us. I know Grace Baptist Church is about sharing that love, about telling other people about what it means to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And as we do that, we remember the source that is ours. For God is the source of our help. God is the source of our lives. And he is the source of what we are about as the body of Christ, that is Grace Baptist Church. It doesn't make any difference whether we're 14 or 15 or 50 or 92 or 93. The message is always the same. I bring you good news of great joy that shall be for all people. God does that in the passage that Mike shared with us earlier. If you have your Bibles, uh, don't trust the sheet up there. I give that information to Nick. I think Nick checks on it, but I want you to turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 in your Bibles this morning, if you have them before you, and look at what God tells us through Paul's gospel to the church in Corinth, the church that he loved, a church that he cared for, a church that he invested his life in, uh, and he loved them dearly because of the love of Christ. As parents, we're responsible to be held accountable for what we do with our children. You know what? If you look at those letters, 1st and 2nd Corinthians, you'll see something that Paul does. He writes these letters. He does it with Timothy as an individual, but he does it with a church in Corinth as a body. And then that church shared that message with other churches, a message of what it means to understand our responsibility first and foremost to the Lord. And when we grasp that, then we understand what it's about. We are called to do the same thing that the angel did. When he made that pronouncement to the shepherds, behold, I bring you what? Good news of great joy that shall be for all people. That is the message as the body of Christ that you and I are called to share. A message that Jesus Christ has come into our life and that in that relationship we have with him, everything has been changed. Our lives have been changed. We are not ourselves. It's the message that we saw in our Sunday school lessons. I'm going to keep telling you that. If you're not in Sunday school, find time to be and find a class here at Grace Baptist Church where you can look into God's Word and see what it says and tells you about what it means to live for Christ because that's what we do. 
we study God's Word, but then most importantly, we apply it to our lives. Because if we are, there comes James in all of a sudden, if we are just hearers of the Word, that's only part of the equation. We are called to be what? Doers of the Word. And that in that relationship, we do what Christ has called us to. And so what do we share with the world? This message is for everyone. It's the message behind John 3.16. It's the message that we live in our lives. And it's the message that's our eternal hope. That Jesus Christ is real and a part of who we are and what we are as individuals first. And then as the body of Christ. Paul doesn't stop there. He uses God's word continuously, and he goes back to that word, and he would remind us of them. He doesn't say this passage specifically uh, in his message, but I want you to, if you have your Bibles, open to Deuteronomy 6, chapter 4. Deuteronomy 6, 4. This is the Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. These commands that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Here comes, church. What are we supposed to be about? Impress them on your children. And look when you do it. Talk with them when you sit down at home. And when you walk along the road. And when you lie down. And when you get up. God shared that message to us for a reason. There is no time of day that we're not to be about sharing the good news of Jesus Christ particularly with those we love the most, that they see in us and they hear from us the message of Christ's love, and that they know when we get up, when we get down, when we walk, when we're home, wherever we are, we are about sharing that. The hard part comes, here's James again, that it's not just about hearing, it's about doing and showing in which group should we be more attuned to be showing the love of Jesus Christ than to those that we know the best and love the best. That is why Paul is writing this letter to the church in Corinth. They got messed up. They got led astray. It's so easy for that to happen in our lives. God's word in Deuteronomy calls us back to remember where the source of our help and hope is. It is in him and what he has done for us. And that's the message that Paul is trying to share, I believe, with the church in Corinth. But we also read in Proverbs 22.6, Train a child up in the way he should go, and when he is old, he'll not turn from it. I heard this my whole life growing up. You need to know that. I bet you some of you did too. And the message was, as my parents faithfully shared with me the love of Christ that they had for me, I knew the source. I knew where it came from. It's not in some other book that you read that tells you how. It's not in a Sunday school book. It's not in some self-help book. It comes from God's Word. And that's where they found their source. That's where they found their strength. And that is the message that they shared with me. As they did with many of you. Your parents did the same thing. That's not always the case. Guess what? Who fills in that blank? Who shares with those kids that don't hear, that don't know, that aren't aware of God's love? It happens here on Sunday mornings. It's happening right down this hallway down here, just a little way from here. As the, those leaders in our children's department are sharing the good news of Jesus with those boys and girls, it happens on Wednesday nights. 
If you haven't been recently, I don't care how old you are, if you're 86 or 96, you ought to come every now and then and see what's going on with our children's groups and thank God for those that are leading them and making a difference for Christ's sake and sharing. If you go out this door when you leave this morning, I want you to do me a favor. I want you to walk another 30 yards down this way and look at the board that's on the wall. As I look in the balcony, and I'm keeping an eye on you guys, I see the results of what's happening on Wednesday nights and Sunday mornings before us. Look at those pictures on the wall. A message of what it means for us to share, to do what Christ has called us to. And then one last passage. Yeah, turn your Bibles, turn your Bibles to Ephesians 6.1. This is the other side of that coin. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment, with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on earth. Bob, oh, well, fathers it says right there, fathers, not Bob. Bob, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and the instruction of the Lord. It is so easy for us to lose sight on what that's about. God has shared our children with us. God shares the children that show up here on Sunday morning and aren't coming with their parents. God shares those children that come with us on Wednesday night. And he has expectations for us. And that's the message that we see Paul sharing with the church. As we share, we need to look and understand what it means to love. Because love is at the basis of what this relationship we have with Jesus Christ is all about. And it is the message that we're called to share. Read with me, if you would, about what it means to share in a heart of awe. 2 Corinthians 5.11 Since then, we know what it is to fear the Lord. We try to persuade men. What we are is plain to God, and I hope it's also plain to your conscience. That message of what it means for us to understand what God's love is about can be a little confusing. That word fear, you know, when I think of fear, I don't necessarily think of a loving, caring God, right? That's where most of us are. Fear is not what we... But I want you to know this. That Greek word that Paul uses there is the Greek word phobos. Do any of you have phobias, arachnophobia? Are you afraid of spiders? Karen, are you afraid of spiders? See, I knew that. All those, all those phobias that we have are not what God's Word is telling us about. That word really is better translated A-W-E. Do you understand the principle in that? That word means that we are in awe of what God has done for us. Well, here comes, 1960s, you can tell what generation I grew up in. In the, in the stars, his handiwork I see. On the winds, he speaks with majesty. Though he ruleth over land and sea, what is that to me? Ah, Don't you, we won't go, I won't sing the whole thing to you. But, but, but what the writer of that song says is this, right? Till by faith I met him face to face. Then I knew the wonders, the wonders of his grace. That is the message, that, that, that's what awe is all about. It is that overwhelming, that overwhelming response that is ours when we look and understand what God has done for us that we cannot comprehend it.
It is beyond our comprehension. That is the message that Paul is sharing with the church in Corinth, and it's the message he's sharing with each of us here today. That we look not at fear of God, but we are amazed that God would share his mercy and grace and love with us, sinners such that we are, falling from grace, desperately looking for hope, and here comes God recognizing the needs that we have and answering our ever need through the gift of his one and only Son who paid the price for your sins and mine on Calvary's cross. That is not an awe moment. That is an awe moment. I cannot understand. I can't comprehend. How deep is God's love? We were going to sing that song today, right? Oh, the great, great love of Jesus. It's just, it's just almost impossible to understand. And that's the message that Paul is sharing with the church in Corinth as he tries to tell them that they knew as they shared with them what it meant to fear the Lord. But there's a second part of that. Do you see it? Look at the rest of that. We try to persuade men that we, excuse me, we try to pers persuade men what we are is plain to God. I tell you real quickly, what, what Paul's saying there is, is that in our lives, here it comes, if we say, this is in vernacular, if we say one thing and do something completely different, we are hypocritos. There's a good Greek word for you. See, I can do the easy ones. Hypocritos. You know what that word is? How many times have you heard that called? Ah, uh, a bunch of Christians, they're just a bunch of hypocrites. Hypocritos. In Christ, we recognize what he's done for us. And what is Paul saying? Our job is to persuade. That word means to guide, to lead, to explain, to show. I've been in Sunday school classes. I was in Sunday school class this morning. Heard Rick talking about what it means to understand God, God's love for us, to see God's power, to understand the mercy and grace he affords us. That's what we're about. That's what happens on Sunday mornings. That's what happens on Wednesday nights. And that's what ought to happen in each of our hearts individually. Each of us should be about that, that we have one purpose in this life, and that is to help lead other people to Jesus Christ. Why? Because he loves us so much. All we are, and I know you'll get tired of hearing this, all we are is beggars telling other beggars where to find bread. That is what we're to be about. This is where my hope lies. My hope lies, I say I'll sing it. Where's Robert? He's going to get me in the choir before I'm through here. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but do what? Holy lean on Jesus' name. That is what we are to be about as we seek to persuade people. Not that we have a gorgeous, good-looking preacher that's up there that stands in front of you. I was looking for some head nods or something. I didn't, I didn't really expect any. Karen was nodding her head a little bit. She was going like this. No. Is it the choir? Is it the programs? Is it what we do? No, it's the Lord we serve. It's the Lord that we've given our lives to. And it works for us at work. It works for us at home. And it should work for us in school, guys, that the world knows that our lives have been changed because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. That the world sees that message and knows it. Why? 
Because we are the picture of what Christ has done for us. We are the example of what Jesus has given us. And our persuasion is that Christ has given this hope to us completely. And it should be plain, it should be obvious, because what does Paul say? I love this. How does he explain God's picture in this? He says it is plain, in verse 11, it is plain to God. What does that mean? How does God know that we are his children? I'll tell you how. Because when he sees us, when he sees me, he doesn't see all the sin that is in my life. He doesn't see all the failures that are in my life. He doesn't see all those bad things that I have done, I am doing, and will do. The reason it is so plain to God is when he looks at me, just as the angel of death did in Egypt, so he looks at me and he sees the blood of Jesus Christ covering me completely. That he has paid the price for my sins. And if you're here this morning and you think, I'm not good enough, I'm here to tell you that there's nobody in this room good enough to be here. We are simply here because of what God has done for us. And that we know that and we believe that and we yield our lives to him completely in doing so. And that Jesus Christ is at the heart and center of everything that we do. That message is clear to us, and it was also clear to those in, in Corinth. So how does Paul end that, that 11th verse? Look at that. I hope it is also plain to your conscience. This is where it gets dangerous for me, because I make so many stinking mistakes. And I'm afraid that somebody might take that one thing I said or that one thing I did and that is what they tag me with for the rest of our relationship. There's one way we can avoid that. And that is to give all our heart. Here we are back in Deuteronomy. All our hearts, all our souls, all our mind, all our strength. And we say to him, Lord, here it is. You use it. You take me and use me to make a difference in someone else's life for you. That this world would know that Christ is the center and the heart of who this person is that's talking to them. God gives us that message. How do we deal with it? We deal with it in awe. There's a second way we share our hearts, and that's with pride. That word has a lots of meaning, doesn't it? We'll talk about that in just a second. Look with me again in 2 Corinthians 5.12. We're not trying to commend ourselves to you again, but are giving you an opportunity to take pride, there's that word again, in us, so that you can answer those who take pride in what is seen rather than what is heard. There's one primary reason that Paul wrote this letter. You need to know that, just a little background stuff. There are those folks in the Corinthian church who called themselves super apostles. We would call them holier than thou. I don't want to ask you if you know somebody like that because you may point at me this morning. But the message behind that is Paul is trying to counteract what pride is all about. What that issue of pride is about is not something that we should be afraid of. It is something in Christ that we should embrace 
that we are proud of the relationship that we have with him. We are proud of the hope that is ours because of what Christ has done. We are proud of the message that's being shared through this church, the body of Christ. We are proud to see those young men and young women who have trusted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior come into this baptistry and say, I have trusted Jesus Christ in my, as my Lord and Savior, and I want the world to know that he is my Lord. He's my Savior, and I am proud of this relationship. I'm excited about what it means to share, and we're commended. We are commended, Paul says, because of that relation that we have. That's another cool Greek word. Soon is the prefix with, all right? I'm sorry, you didn't come for a, a Greek lesson because I'm sure not the one to give it to you. But the second part of that word is histema. Sunistema is the word that Paul uses when he talks about commending. Does that word histema sound like another English word to you? You know what it means to hold someone in high esteem? See, you didn't know you knew all these Greek words. But what it means is to hold somebody apart. It's not that they're separated from us. It's that there are, there's a recognition in our lives that this person knows the truth of which he or she is speaking. And how do we know that truth? How do we gain that truth? By listening to the preacher on Sunday morning? I hope so. By going to Sunday school and listening to what the teacher says? I hope so. But this past week, I... I had the opportunity to do Don Burning's funeral. I got Don's Bible. I told Lisa I was about to steal it from her and keep it myself. I looked at Don's Bible over and over again as I was reading it. I went through it. You know what Don didn't do? He didn't write anything in his Bible. Very, very little in his Bible. But as I was finishing up this exercise to prepare for that funeral, I, I began to look at it. Hang on just a second. I began to look at Don's Bible. And the first thing I recognized was this edge was filthy. It was filthy. That's not, it wasn't nasty. It was all dirty. Why was it dirty? And then I began to notice something on every page of that Bible. On every page of that Bible, this top right corner and the bottom right corner were all funkied up. They were all crinkly. Guess what Don Burning did? I told Lisa, if you ever need your dad's DNA for anything... <laughs> I said, just take that Bible. It's got it all over it. But here's the thing. Don knew that truth. That's one of the passages that we use, Psalm 119.11. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against God. There was one last thing I noticed about that Bible. There was a place right in here that was worn completely off the front of the Bible. And another place right back here.
Don held his Bible a little different than I do. This is where those marks were. And Lisa told me that at least once a year, Don read the Bible completely through. How many of us in this room have done that once? The Bible that Don had there was over 45 years old. At least 45 times. God calls us to take the word that is his, God's word, and put it in our hearts, but also have it be coming through our lives that people see and hear, and what they see and what they hear is the same thing, that Jesus Christ is Lord of our lives. There's a call for us to recognize what it means to look, and we should be in awe of God's goodness, of his mercy, of his grace. We shouldn't run from the word pride as we look at our lives and take pride in the fact that God loved us so much that he gave his one and only son for us, a better gift than you could ever hope for in your entire life. And God loved us while we were yet sinners and still gave us that. If we can't take pride in that, we can't take pride in anything. This faith that is ours should not be something that we hide under a bushel, but it should be something that burns brightly in our lives. I told you when I was in North Carolina, I got the bright idea one day of taking a candle. This was just a tea lamp, tea light. You know one of those little things that sets just like this? I lit that candle, and I put a bushel basket over it. You know, in less than five minutes, I began to hear people in the congregation going, and I looked down and I saw the smoke coming off the top of that bushel basket. You can't hide it. You can't hide it under a stone. You can't hide it under a bushel. If the Holy Spirit is burning in your life, you cannot do anything but be in awe of what God has done for us and be actively sharing that message of Jesus Christ and his love. One last thing we ought to see about what Paul shared with us, about what this relationship is all about. It ought to be at the very heart of our lives, the love of Jesus Christ living through us. 2 Corinthians 5, 13 through 15. You know, I thought about this. I'm looking. There's Susan over there. I'm looking. I don't see some, some of the people... Uh, I got some in the balcony up there, all right? This ought to be emblazoned on the life of every one of our children's workers. If we are, are out of our mind, it's for the sake of God. If we are out of our minds, it is for you. For Christ's love compels us, there's that word again, because we are, excuse me, we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all have died. And he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. If you don't see or hear anything about that, if you're not familiar with that passage and it's the first time you've ever seen it, if you don't know it, that's the gospel right there. And what's the call to be ours? 
We are to be out of our minds for those who don't know about Jesus. We should be out of our minds in relate, relating to where we are in that personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We should be out of our minds for the students. They ought to see that. They do it, Nick, regularly. He is out of his mind most of the time, right? I'm, see, I'm getting a lot of head nods on this one, right, Carrie Ann? Right? Carrie Ann gives me a definite heads up, all right, on that. Why do you think Nick, Carrie Ann, and all these other folks that are here do what they do? Because they don't have anything better to do on Wednesday night. Is that it? No. Because they know and understand what it means to have that joy that comes of sharing the good news of Jesus Christ with someone and seeing them have that aha moment where it all makes sense, where they come to, to understand, they come to comprehend what Jesus Christ has done for them. There's nothing grander. There's no, there's, there's no gift any better than receiving the good news of Jesus Christ ourselves than to see someone else understand what it means that Christ loves them. And he does that with each of us. And we have that responsibility to take that gift that he's given us in awe to be overwhelmed with it. And in being overwhelmed that we cannot help but take pride in the relationship that is ours in Jesus Christ not pride in ourselves and what we have, but pride in what God has done for us out of his love. And then we demonstrate that every day that the world would see and know that Jesus is real to us and that we want people to see and that we are literally crazy people for Christ. That the world would, you know, maybe, maybe that's one of the problems we have. Maybe we don't have that kind of impact on people today. That they don't understand how much we love him. They don't understand the blessing that he is in our lives. And the reason that they don't is because we don't let them know. Take that heart that God's given you. Recognize if you trusted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior this morning, that it, it better be making a difference in your life. If there's no difference, there's no Christ. If there's no difference, there's no love. If there's no difference, there's no awe. If there's no difference, there's no pride. If there's no difference, you're just the same as you always were. The Christ, I know, calls us each to come to him. And he calls us to come from right where we are. He doesn't say to us, get better. He doesn't say to us, get up. He says to us, come to me. All you are weak and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. I'll help you figure it out. And you know what? He told the disciples the same thing. Don't worry, guys. I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm going to send you the parakaleo. There you go. The paraclete. The called beside one. To be there to help guide and direct you through everything. He will be the source of your love. He will be the source of your help. He be, he'll be the one that will give you the strength to do what I'm calling you to do. And he's ready to do that in each of our lives today. If you've never trusted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, this is the day to do it. There are no long forms that you have to fill out. There's no pass, uh, test that you have to pass first. 
Jesus just says, come. Come on. I've decided to follow Jesus. I'm going to follow him. I'm going to do what he tells me to do. I'm going to go where he tells me to go. I'm going to share this message that's so real in me that the world's going to see it and know it because Christ is the one that's moving through me. God's calling each of us to make decisions. I tell you this almost every Sunday. This will be our invitation hymn that's coming up in just a second. You can already kind of guess what it is. We make a decision, don't we? We make a decision when we stay right where we are. We know what we're supposed to do. God's Holy Spirit speaks to us. We already know what we're supposed to do. But we choose to stay right where we are. God calls us to accept that change in Him and follow Him. Please join with me in prayer. Father, we thank you this day for the blessings that are ours. We thank you for the love that you share with us through your Son, Jesus, for the mercy and grace that you afford each one of us in this room because none of us deserve any of it. Not what we've done, Father, but what you've done for us through Jesus. And we pray, Father, that our hearts and lives would be yielded to you maybe this morning for the first time. Maybe somebody will simply say, you know, I've never trusted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. I want to do it right now. All you have to do is say, Father, thank you for sending Jesus to pay the price for me. I trust him as Savior of my life. He's the one that makes things right between me and you. And then I trust, Father, that you did not leave him in the grave after he died. But on the third day, he rose from the grave. And he is seated by your right side right now. And I know as I'm coming, I understand. He's interceding for me. He's saying, this guy, this girl, this woman, this man, this boy, this girl, they've trusted me, Father. You help them through your Holy Spirit in their life to answer your call today. Father, for those of us that have answered the call, and yet we still sit, you help us to decide what it is we can do to make a difference for Christ this day. Maybe to call somebody up on the phone. Maybe to send a letter, a note to somebody. Maybe just to encourage those people that we see, those caregivers that we have coming in our homes. Let me tell you about my Jesus. Help us, Father, to recognize what you'd have us do and then do it because that's exactly what Christ did for us. We thank you for that gift. We thank you for his life. For it's in his name we pray. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to another service with Grace Baptist Church. If you would like to contact us, all of our information is available on our website, gbcevansville.org. You can also contact us through all of our various social media accounts. Or you could just give us a call. We'd love to hear from you.